Hi, and welcome to the Absent for Too Long, Five Minutes of Rum. Notes on rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Up the Grove. After a short, uh, let's just call it a research trip uh, out to Kauai, Hawaii, I'm back with an episode not on Hawaiian rum, uh, but on Smith & Cross Jamaican rum, and also talking about pimento dram, how to make your own, and a cocktail of my own called the Black River Punch. So speaking of Kauai, as a short plug for future episodes, while I was on Kauai, I had the chance to visit the Kaloa Rum Tasty Room and also do an interview with their CEO. So I'm going to have much more on some different Kaloa rums on future episodes, including their uh, new coconut rum, which is fantastic. So this episode's feature rum is Smith & Cross Jamaican Rum, and I'll go ahead and get this out of the way early. This is one of my favorite rums. Um, and I use it in a lot of different a lot of different cocktail recipes. Um, not too many that it was actually originally meant for, but I substituted a lot um, because it just works so well with other cocktail ingredients. So this is a uh, another overproof rum, not quite like the Lemonheart 151 from I believe what was episode nine, um, but it is an overproof rum just the same, um, or as the way they label it on their bottle or the way they market it, they bar, uh, market it as navy strength. So navy strength in this case. Um, their rum is 57% ABV alcohol by volume. Um, anything over 50% alcohol by volume or 100 English proof is usually considered overproof or, or Navy strength. Um, it's the traditional strength that was required by the British Royal Navy. And as it goes, um, at this proof, a spill of the spirits would not prevent gunpowder from igniting. So that's um, sort of the <laughs> British standard for overproof or Navy strength rums. Um, and just as important, this degree of concentration uh, provided an efficiency and conveyance on board and, and onward for when people were trading far away. So it helped rum stay uh, palatable over long sea voyages. So um, the rum itself, Smith & Cross, uh, by appearances, it's a gold Jamaican rum. But rather than resemble a contemporary English-style rum, um, and it's certainly not at all like the dark Jamaican rum from episode 3, this rum was purposely made to be reminiscent of a 19th century English-style rum that would have been, at the time, favored by uh, people in England and the United States. Um, it's bottled and imported by the Alpens Company. Um, they have uh, created quite a, um, I mean, quite a market, I guess. I, I don't think they really created the market. They've created um, a name for themselves by doing a lot of either recreations or re-importing of somewhat classic or old style spirits. Um, so uh, in addition to something like Smith & Cross, um, some other things that I've bought or sampled that are products of theirs is uh, Batavia Iraq and an Old Tom Jim. Um, oh, excuse me, Old Tom Gin. So I put a link to them in the show notes. You can see their entire like portfolio of things that they import, a lot of uh, uh, old aperitif liqueurs, aperitif wines, um, again, the old Tom Jim, um, they're actually working, I don't know if it's out yet, but at one time they were working on a, as well as a Navy strength rum, a Navy strength gin. So, uh, check them out. They, um, they're a, a little bit more obscure, but most of the better online or, uh, even retail liquor stores, uh, have them. You probably won't find their stuff at a BevMo, but most of their, um, better liquor stores will have their, their stuff. Um, so it's a, as I mentioned, it's an English style rum, um, like other Jamaican rums, and it's all pot still, no column stills here. Um, and I'll go ahead and, and primarily get some information from right now from them, from their website. It's well written um, on their website. So one of the, another way that you can uh, distinguish Alpens from other uh, liquor marketers or liquor distributors and producers is the way they use their website. It's, it's a really a far cry from the normal um, animated marketing cries that you would see if you go to any other um 
liquor manufacturer's website. You go there, you get a really good bit of information on the history and what they were trying to achieve when they made that particular spirit. Um, so in this case, their um, their rum is a it's a mix. It's a blend of two different kinds of Jamaican rum from two different stills. Um, it's distilled in Jamaican, and it's fifty percent um, what's referred to as Weddenburn rum, Wedden Wetter Brun rum. Uh, which is aged six months, and then the rest of it is plumber rum, which is aged uh, from anywhere from a year and a half to three years. Um, they actually talk a little bit about um, why they why they do that, why they age it the way they do. Um, for instance, saying that you know it's this style of rum isn't going to get anything more out of further aging. This rum already has all of its character, um, and aging is actually probably going to detract from what they want. Um, and really dampen the aroma from it. So I also have a link to this in the show notes, but I would encourage you to go uh, look at their website and they give you um, a really interesting overview of the rum. And again, it's it's information packed as opposed to being marketing packed, which is really great. Um, it's, it's bottled at 114 proofs, uh, 57% alcohol by volume. Um, so proof wise, it's fairly close to J. Ray and Nephew from, I believe that was episode 10 or maybe 11. Um, but it's uh, a far cry from that particular style of rum. It's, it's not at all like that. Um, it's a, if you look at the bottle, there's a picture of that in the show notes and also in the podcast notes right now, uh, a very clean looking bottle, a classic label. It's a corked rum, um, and usually sells for about $30 bottle. Sometimes it's a few dollars less, but generally that's what it goes for. Um, in terms of tasting this rum, um, appearance. So in the bottle or in the glass, uh, a very nice syrupy amber um, that, you know, when swirled kind of, you know, drags down the glass fairly slowly, actually quite slowly in some cases. Um, aroma, um, pretty complex on the nose. It smells of butterscotch, but it's not overly sweet. Um, maybe a little bit of banana. And then that hallmark term for good Jamaican rum, which is funkiness. Um, a lot of times you'll hear that term bantied about when it comes to Jamaican rum. It's got a funk or or hugu or something of that nature. So, um, it does have that bit to it. It's kind of a hard to describe thing other than just say it has that a certain amount of funkiness to it that once you have enough Jamaican rum, maybe you can, you know, pick up a little bit easier. Um, it is a little astringent probably due to the high alcohol content, but it doesn't burn your nose like some other really, um, stronger overproof rums. Um, and the smell, I found the smell of butterscotch and caramel actually much more prevalent when it's in the bottle and it's kind of being focused up through the neck of the bottle. Once it's in the glass and swirled around, the fruit notes and the funkiness come out a little bit more. And when uh, when Alpins describes the rum, that, and, and even on the label they mention spice, I don't really pick that up on on the nose uh, too much myself. It's the other notes that I pick up more. Uh, but this is definitely one of those rums that I always stop to smell when I'm getting ready to pour it into a cocktail. Um, you know, first smell it and then I'll pour it. In terms of taste, um, pretty light on the tongue uh, with a little more of that butterscotch or caramel flavor. Um, and then once I am tasting it and swirl it around, I do get a little bit of the mentioned spice notes when I'm sipping it. In fact, um, it kind of supplants the the fruit notes that I got on the nose. Um, and really, it's it's a totally different experience from any other rums that I've had on the episode or on episodes of Five Minutes of Rum so far. Um, you can tell that there's a lot going on, but I don't think that I have the experienced taste buds to separate it all into its different parts. I can just tell that it's a a very complex rum and has a lot of individual flavors. And again, I'm picking up a couple of things, but definitely not everything that I, that I think is in there. Um, 
perhaps I should actually make Smith and Cross a yearly episode. So as I develop my palate and develop tasting skills, I can go back and revisit it and see how it changes, you know, over time. Um, on the finish, uh, heavy, it's a, you know, relatively heavy and a warm finish that hangs out and stays a while. Uh, this is a rum that would probably keep you pretty warm on a winter night. Um, it's, you know, overall, this is a relatively new, uh, rum to market. I think it came out sometime in 2010, but it instantly became one of my favorites. I actually get a lot of use out of this rum in many different recipes. Um, it's definitely not the easiest one to sip straight. And if somebody's not really into sipping rum neat, they're, you're not going to start them off with this. Um, but you can make some really amazing cocktails with it. Um, sub for you know, use it as a substitute in any number of cocktails. Uh, Mai Tai can replace the Jamaican component. Uh, Navy Grog, it's perfect in there. Uh, different rum punches or uh, planter's punches. Um, I never like to be without a bottle. I always have one on stock in my home bar. And I encourage you to, to seek it out and, and see what you can do with it. You know, try, try it neat for the experience just so you know what that's like. But then use it to mix into some of your favorite cocktails. And it'll bring a wealth of uh, other flavors and a lot of different interesting notes to it. All right. And since we're on the topic of Jamaican rum, uh, let's introduce another ingredient that hails, um, you know, or is, is if it doesn't hail from, it's closely associated with Jamaica. And that's uh, pimento liqueur or allspice dram. Um, for the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to go ahead and use allspice dram and pimento liqueur interchangeably. So we'll call them the same thing. In fact, I often get as loose with the terminology as to call it allspice liqueur or pimento dram. Um, essentially, um, you know, and other people may draw distinctions and, and separate the two from each other, but essentially they really are the same thing and you can use them interchangeably when you see a recipe. So it's a liqueur that's made from allspice berries, um, or, from the pimento berry, which is also known as allspice. So that's how it got the the name. But I think the the connotation now, if you heard the word pimento, would be that sort of thing that you stick in an olive that's a red color. And so calling something pimento liqueur right now pr- might have a bit of a connotation that people don't want. Um, so allspice dram is, is another good way to refer to it. Um, in uh, It's actually, there's another, you know, allspice berries are also known as English or Jamaican pepper. But anyways, it's the unripened fruit of the pimento tree. Um, allspice is a name from English, um, a reflection of the many spices that you can taste in it. So um, some of the notes that are combined into a pimento berry or an allspice berry would be cinnamon, nutmeg, and clove. And so seems like a natural choice given what we know about uh, rum cocktails. And, you know, for instance, I'm having both clove and uh, almond in it um, is this seems to be a pretty good match. Um, it's a big part of Jamaican cuisine, not you know strictly just in cocktails, uh, but it, it does make it a natural fit for Caribbean cocktails. Um, so some uses in classic cocktails, um, you know, put a quarter to a half of an ounce into a normal recipe Navy Grog, and you get a huge difference in the way it tastes. Uh, the Montego Bay cocktail is a daiquiri style or Jamaican, you know, daiquiri style cocktail, which is really lets not just Jamaican rum, but an allspice liqueur um, shine as well. Um, there's, I think, you know, a couple different ready-made versions that you can purchase online, but um, our good friends that we just referred to at Alpens with their Smith & Cross rum actually import the only one that I've had that I could recommend, which is the St. Elizabeth Allspice Dram. Uh, it's very good. And it seems like it's cost a little because it's only a 375 milliliter bottle. Um, and I think it runs somewhere between 20 and $30 a bottle, but it's really worth the investment because there's a lot of cocktails that you're not going to be able to make without it. If you're looking at older style, uh, rum cocktails or tiki cocktails, and 
it's I haven't had I haven't had success with any other brands. I think this might be the only one that I've actually purchased and liked, um, and it's really not that easy to find. Now, there is, as with most other syrups and things that have been featured on Five Minutes of Rum, there is the homemade version, and I would say it's definitely, although it's an investment in time, it's not very much of a financial investment. And I would encourage you, as with other ingredients where I've encouraged you, I would encourage you to try making your own because I think it's really worth it. And to go back a little bit on the commercial version, again, it seems like it's a little spendy, but again, you're only going to be using a quarter to a half ounce um, at most at a time in a cocktail. You don't pour out one ounce. You don't pour out two ounces of this. Um, I guess you could, um, but by and large, you don't. And so it actually you know, doesn't cost that much over time. Um, again, in terms of making your own, um, I've only followed one recipe. It was the one from Beach Bum Berry Remixed. Um, and it actually is a recipe that he obtained from a, a man named Matthew Thatcher, um, who was tinkering with um, sort of, you know, how to break down and create some long lost ingredients. And so he put this recipe in the Beach Bunbury Remix book, uh, which I'll go over quickly here. And there's pictures of it in the show notes as well. But again, it's not a difficult process. It just takes a long time. You kind of need to know about six weeks out that you're going to want some pimento liqueur because that's how long it's going to take to actually get to a finished product. Um, and all it is, is a quarter cup of dried whole allspice berries. Uh, you need a, a 750 milliliter bottle of light Virgin Islands rum. Um, you can use something stronger, but if you use light Virgin Islands rum, you get more of the allspice flavor and more of the, uh, Demerara, um, flavor that we're, you know, we're going to use that sugar in this liqueur as well. Um, if you use a stronger rum or a different rum, the rum might, you know, impart its own flavor, which could be what you're going for. Um, if you want to go for it. I always tend to use the light Virgin Islands rum and let the uh, the sugar and the allspice berries do the talking for this liqueur. Um, so in addition to that bottle, you need, um, eventually you're going to need two cups or one pound of Demerara sugar and a cup of water. Um, and it's, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward and pretty quick. You grind the allspice berries in a grinder until they look like ground coffee. Put that in a saucepan with a cup of light rum and bring to a boil. And it boils really quickly because it's alcohol. So it takes about a minute or two. Uh, then turn it off, turn off the heat and then stir it. And this ends up creating sort of a allspice rum tea of sorts. Uh, so funnel this uh, grounds and all into an empty rum bottle and then top that bottle off to about three quarters of the way up the neck uh, with more of the same light rum that you're using. Um, I happen to use Don Q or Cruise On, whichever one happens to be on sale or easily available at the time. Um, and then you essentially cap that and let it sit for two weeks, shake it once a day just to kind of mix it up. Um, and that's it. So that's the first two weeks. Now, after the two weeks are up, then you need to do a little bit of filtering and you, because the allspice is in the ground coffee territory, you're going to want to do some decent filtering on this. And the first couple of times I made it, I didn't have, um, great success with filtering, but I've since figured out a way to, to actually make it a little bit better, uh, which requires a specialty tool, but it's one, if you like coffee, you, you may actually already have. Um, so once the two weeks are up, you filter the first through, you know, a double layer of cheesecloth that'll get rid of the big pieces. Um, and then you're going to want to filter it a couple times through, um, coffee filters, unbleached coffee filters. Um, and you can do this two or three times in just normal unbleached coffee filters. Or what I've started doing is I put it into an AeroPress and an AeroPress. If you're not, uh, if you haven't heard of that, there'll be a picture of it and a link in the show notes, but it's essentially a, a, uh, hard plastic tube. Uh, it looks like a, you know, a giant, I don't just want to call it, not really a syringe because it doesn't have that kind of end on it, but it's a tube with a plunger that goes through it. Makes fantastic coffee, only takes uh, a limited amount of space and it only costs about $20. Um, but what you're doing is 
essentially forcing your liquid through a paper filter in the in that tube and it you know actually makes a very efficient filtering so i push it through there usually twice um, and since then you know i've had pretty good success not getting any sort of grain in, and it gets all of the the small pieces of the pimento liqueur or the dust even out of it um, anyway so once you've filtered that a couple times uh, you make a demerara sugar syrup, do one cup of water with the two cups of demerara sugar, which is also one pound of demerara sugar. Mix that until the sugar is dissolved and then essentially mix equal parts of that sugar syrup and the pimento infused rum that you made and just filtered. Um, and then from there, you're going to need an extra bottle because you're going to end up because of the sugar syrup with a little bit more than what you started with in terms of that original bottle. But you're going to bottle it and seal it and then just put it on a shelf and let it sit for at least a month. Um, and that's kind of the, you know, the hard part if you want it is you got to wait a month for this thing, but it, it is worth it. And since you don't use very much of it at a time, it only gets better. I usually make it probably twice a year um, because I don't use it that often, but I use it often enough that it runs out, you know, at about that rate and it only gets better as it ages. So um, definitely encourage you. Again, it's pretty low. M most of these things, whether it's Falernum or making your own orgeat or making your own sugar syrups. They're all pretty low maintenance. Some of them just may take a little bit of time, and this one happens to take about six weeks, but it's not very labor-intensive, so make it yourself. Um, in terms of storage, um, I use uh, just the the bottle that the rum came in, and if I have a couple extra empty bottles, I might store it you know, in a Smith & Cross bottle because it has a cork, which is really pretty easily. Um, just use the rum bottle that you made the base from. Um, if you're not going to make your own, try the St. Elizabeth Allspice Dram, but if you are going to make your own, I think you'll be pretty pleased with the results. Okay, the cocktail recipe in this episode is called the Black River Punch, and this is the first one I'm featuring that is of my own creation. Um, it is built upon a Planter's Punch uh, um, recipe, so the one of sour, two of sweet, three of strong, four of weak, um, and this was one that I concocted originally. It had no name first. It was called Title TK, which is just literary abbreviation for title to come, um, and I ended up using this at Tiki Caliente 4 in May of 2012 and served it at the first room crawl that I hosted. So a room crawl, if you've ever been to a, a weekender, whether it's tiki or otherwise, is generally uh, people for a half hour, an hour, opening up their rooms and serving cocktails to other guests at the event. Uh, they're a lot of fun, they're a good way to meet people, and a good way to you know showcase your cocktail if you wanna have a lot of, a lot of other people try it. Anyways, uh, this cocktail recipe, frankly, I'm, I'm pretty proud of. I like the way it turned out. It placed uh, second in best overall cocktail at Tiki Caliente 4, um, and I had a lot of fun serving it. There's, um, I think, a picture in the show notes. And the recipe itself, although I'll give it to you in individual form, really scales well to large groups because like all good punches, it has ratios that can be built up. So if you're going to serve you know, for 40, 50 people, you can just apply a multiplier across the recipe, and it works really well as a big you know, sort of group punch that you can ice off for everybody. Um, and it also builds on many of the previous eleven or many of the pre previous episodes of Five Minutes of Rum. So it's going to talk, you know, it's going to have fresh lemon juice that we talked about in episode one, Demerara sugar syrup from episode eight, uh, Falernum in episode eleven. So as with um, all the fresh juice recipe or all the recipes that feature fresh juice, um, please make it only fresh juice. And the recipe itself, um, I will give you here, and then I'll give you a couple of substitutions that work for this. So. The recipe is one ounce of lemon juice, one ounce of Demerara sugar syrup, one half ounce of Falernum, one quarter ounce of pimento liqueur or pimento dram, three ounces of Smith & Cross Jamaican rum, and two ounces of black tea. 
Um, and in this case, you're going to use the, uh, the stick blender, um, mix it with three quarters of a cup of crushed ice, um, hit that for about five seconds, and then pour it out into a tall glass and fill the rest of the glass, fill the glass the rest of the way with, with uh, full ice cubes. Um, now in terms of, oh, and actually I should not fail to mention that the garnish on top would be to grate some fresh nutmeg on top. Um, a couple of variations you might want to try. Um, some Another variation that I have um, that I've used at home is to use one and a half ounces of Smith and & Cross and one and a half ounces of Batavia Iraq, also by Alpens. Um, that is a great mixture. Iraq is a, an, another show, arguably not even rum, so I don't know if I'll get to it on this show, but I'll probably mention it at some point in the future. Um, and then the substitution that I use fairly often um, is to use another Jamaican rum, um, often Appleton VX. So when I made this for the room crawl and when I've made this for large groups, I often use Appleton VX in it. It's not the same taste, but it still tastes really, really good. Uh, people really enjoy it. And because Smith & Cross is so distinctive, sometimes you want to do maybe an ounce and a half of Smith & Cross and an ounce and a half of Appleton or just do all straight Appleton. Either way, you're going to like the result. The way I'm drinking it today is the full three ounces of Smith & Cross. And it really, you know, you can really taste it when it's in there. Um, again, like I mentioned, in terms of presentation, I usually garnish it with fresh nutmeg on top. Just grade that right on top. And I'm, it'll this recipe will scale up easily. So if you need to make, um, for instance, uh, I don't know, a gallon and a half of it, you can multiply every ingredient by 22 instead of one ounce of lemon juice, 22 ounces of lemon juice, et cetera, et cetera. Put that all together, and it actually makes a really good punch where people can go and fill their own glass as they like to. Um, uh, tasting it, you know, you're going to get a lot of, uh, with the Smith & Cross, you're going to get a lot of that rum's particular flavor, but it mixes really nicely with the lemon juice and the falernum and the pimento dram. And then the demerara sugar syrup just kind of takes the edge off of the um, the strongness of the other ingredients a little bit, gives it a little bit of sweetness. In terms of the name, um, when it went from title TK to the Black River Punch, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to name it, but I did know that it had a very heavy Jamaican influence. Um both from the archetype of the drink to the ingredient list. So a little research on Jamaica pointed to the Black River, which runs through an area of Jamaica where Appleton's estate is located in the St. Elizabeth Parish. Uh, the Black River, Black River, the city is the capital of that parish. Um, and it was once a, a sugar port, which was also an exporter of rum and allspice. So it became pretty apparent that that was an apropos name for the cocktail at that time. Um, I also did a write-up of the Black River Punch on a website called Lowbrow Literati. Um, I've done a few articles on there. Um, the l article, or the, I'm sorry, the website itself is primarily focused on lowbrow art and um, long form articles and interviews on those in the lowbrow art movement, but there is a bit on cocktails and I've contributed a couple things there. So I've linked to that in the show notes as well. And I encourage you to go check out that website, not just for the uh, Black River Punch article, but you know, go learn a little bit about lowbrow art um, and see some of the other recipes that are on there as well. So that's it. Um, thank you for putting up with what is obviously uh, a bit of a cold that I'm working my way through, uh, but I didn't want to postpone the episode anymore knowing that I've been off um, you know, because of vacation and things like that. Um, thanks for listening. As always, show links are up on the 5 Minutes of Rum website. That's number5minutesofrum.com. The show is also on iTunes as 5 Minutes of Rum. On iTunes, you can subscribe, rate the show, or even leave a review. Again, thank you for those that have left a review and those that are rating the show. It actually does really help um, and gets the word out to other people. The show is also on Twitter as at five minutes of rum. So the at symbol number five minutes of rum. Uh, you can send in comments, corrections, feedback, or requests 
via both the 5 Minutes of Rome website or on Twitter. And now, go get some rum. <laughs>